today. And so we welcome you to our Thursday night Bible study here at Christ Center Church, Hamilton, New Jersey. Stay a while. Stay and join with us and let the Lord have his way in your heart and your thought. I believe the Lord has a word for us tonight. And I believe that if you will open your heart and you will sincerely seek the Lord, the Lord will speak to your heart and your mind. The Lord will give you direction. Amen. At this time, we're going to ask that you join us in prayer. As always, nothing gets done before or until we pray. And so we're going to pray. We're going to ask that you join us in prayer tonight. And I want us to specifically focus our prayer on God's will being done and God being glorified and that people will, well, that God will open the eyes of people to see and know his plan for their life. That's what's important. I know our entire world is challenged by the corona epidemic and we're going to get through it. But I believe that this is a wonderful opportunity with all that's been ceased. So many of us are home, businesses are closed, and if nothing else, we know that we are being given time that we didn't think we have before. And so now we have this time that we normally didn't have. And uh, we got to look at the positive of this and say, man, God, we have a great opportunity to dig deeper. We have a great opportunity to seek your face and cry out to you and give ourselves to you more than we've ever given. And so... I pray that you will join with me tonight and seek the Lord for His will to be done in all of our lives, for God's will to be done in our families' lives, in our community, in our state, our nation, and across the globe. I want you to pray with me because I believe that God wants to do something mighty for His people that He so loved and so cherished. So if you'll join with me tonight, we'll pray just for a few moments as we always do and ask the Lord's will to be done. And then we'll get right into the word of the Lord tonight. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, in your precious and matchless name, we call upon you tonight, Lord God, as we do always. Lord, it's not because of the pandemic while we're praying. We're praying because we know who you are. We know, almighty God, that you have a plan. And God Almighty, we want to be a part of what you're doing in the earth. And so, Lord, we call upon you tonight asking that you will touch our hearts. Asking, Lord God, that you'll remove from our mind thoughts, Lord God, that is unprofitable. We ask, Almighty God, that you will create in us a clean heart. That, Lord God, every distraction, Lord Jesus, that have come our way tonight, this moment, Lord God. You will allow us to be focused. You will help us, Almighty God, to keep our mind on you and our thoughts be flooded by your thoughts, Lord God. Father, we're asking, oh God, that you will reveal to us, oh God, your plan for our lives as individual, your plan for our lives as a church body, your plan for our lives in our community, your plan for our lives, Almighty God, in our state and in our country. And oh God, throughout this world, we're looking for the plan of God. We know, oh God, there's a plan 
each and every one of us and for all of us. And tonight, Lord, we look to you, author and finisher of our faith, to say, direct us. And God, reveal to us the things that you're calling us to do. For, Lord, we know thy kingdom come and thy will will be done. And tonight, Lord God, we ask that you would show us Oh God, what your will is and that you will, oh God, impart to us the wisdom to execute the plan of God tonight. Lord, we ask that you order our direction. Your word is a lamp unto our feet. And so according to your word, order our direction, Lord God. Your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Will you lead us tonight and guide us, almighty God? Will you reveal to us, Lord Jesus, the the ways of God, the plan of God. Oh, Father, that truly we can become one with you. And truly we will walk in our purpose individually and collectively. Lord Jesus, we pray that the power of God will move out from this place into our community. And God, that you'll begin to heal and to deliver and to protect and to save. I pray, Lord God, that the power of God will begin to move on individuals where, Lord, they will receive a confidence, Lord. They will receive a comfort from you to know everything will be alright. I command panic to cease. I pray that perfect love will cast out all fear and that the love of God will be shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost. and throughout our country and throughout our world and the love of God will perpetuate throughout this world Lord God and this world will know that there is one God His name is Jesus and He died for our sins and He's on the throne it is His will that we be saved and not perish Lord will you bless our homes and families tonight as we gather together to hear from heaven, as we gather together to receive our marching orders, as we gather together to be strengthened in the word, I pray, Lord God, that the blessings of the Lord will flow in our homes, will flow in our lives, will flow freely in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we love you, we thank you, we honor you, for there is none like you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody clap their hands unto the Lord. And let's thank God for his goodness. God is able. The Lord is with us. The Lord is mighty. And there is none like him. Hallelujah. Amen. Once again, we thank you for tuning in. And we pray you're comfortable in your home. But at the same time, you're focusing in tune with what God has to say tonight. Amen. We have been talking about the authority of God's word. And so that's the series that we've been teaching. And so we are going to stay on that topic tonight, the authority of God's word. But our specific uh, uh, thought about the word tonight is our hope in God's word. Our hope in God's word. And so we want you to 
take a look at the word of God tonight and hear what God has to say. See what God is saying in his word about the hope of his word. In Romans chapter chapter 15, verse 1 through 4, the word of the Lord says, We then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. Amen. Man, that's a tough passage of scripture. Let me read that again. We then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let every one of us please his neighbor for his good to edification. For even Christ pleased not himself. But as it is written, the reproaches of them that reproached thee fell on me. I want to pause there for a second just to say what what a godly or Christ-like behavior the scripture is pointing out about pleasing someone else instead of pleasing ourselves. It's a contrast, a big contrast to the way we normally think because we're trained to think that we need to look out for self because no one else is looking out for us. We we, we, we seem to, to always worry about what we need to do for ourselves and seeking our own edification. But I'm here to tell you that God's way says we ought to please others instead of ourselves. Amen. That's how God sees these things. That's the way God does things. And so we're going to be Christ-like, then we ought to take on that same kind of behavior to please others more than we please ourselves or rather than we please ourselves. Verse number four says, for whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. I like this. Because the word of the Lord is saying that the scriptures, the scriptures, the word of God, that through the scriptures we will obtain patience and comfort and hope. And so we're living in some challenging times. But the scriptures, if we dig deep into them, if we begin to study them, if we begin to search them out, if we begin to obey them, they will give us patience, they will give us comfort, and we will have hope. There are things that's going on in our world that make us feel like there is no hope. I'm hearing a lot about People contracting the virus, but I'm not hearing a lot about people being healed. But we serve a God that is a healer. We serve a God that can speak to disease and command it to come out of our bodies. And so while coronavirus is rampant right now, I'm here to tell you we serve the great physician. His name is Jesus. He is the healer. And if we will just trust him, if we get contracted by it, we know we have a Savior that can heal us. That's right. 
You know, God has designed us to thrive in adversaries, in adversity, I should say. God has designed us to thrive in adversity. When times are challenging, when times are hard, when, 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 when you feel like things are pressing up against you, trying to destroy you, I believe that's when the best of us come out of us. I believe that's when God, whatever we have of God in us, begin to come out of us when we begin to get tried and tested and when we come up against the things that are difficult and there are struggles. I believe that's when the power of God will raise up in us. I believe that's when the Spirit of God will move in us. I believe that's when the knowledge of God will become clear to us and we will thrive and overcome all that we're challenged with. Amen. God designed us to thrive in adversity. That's right. Let me share something with you about William Shakespeare that will encourage you in the Word of God. It was 1623 and William Shakespeare had been dead for seven years. There was no collection of his work, only a few scattered manuscripts of questionable origin and integrity. Shakespeare, on the cusp of falling into the same nameless sea that has undone so many and rendered them eternally anonymous. Shakespeare invented words and phrases that we had hardly known what to do without them today. Right. Have you ever said you wanted something cheap? <clears throat> you borrowed a Shakespeare's genius to do so, for he invented the word cheap. The same goes for the word or words like Critic, champion, unreal, negotiate, radiance, torture, eyeball, defending, and hundred more words are invented by Shakespeare. Our English language has a real influence of Shakespeare. Yet, the world very nearly lost Shakespeare to the accidents of history. He never really bothered to have his work published in his lifetime. Except for a few poems and dedication written, he never had his work published. Shakespeare's legacy rested in the hands of his compilers. The only Shakespeare we know is the Shakespeare his compilers left us. So those who compiled his work, those who decided, let, let's preserve the work of, of William Shakespeare, those are the people that allowed us to still enjoy the work of Shakespeare right. today. Amen. Hmm. Today, because of those compilers, we are still experiencing the Shakespearean way which provides, listen to this, minor societal impact. Not downplaying the importance of our English language 
and the things that William Shakespeare brought to society. What I'm saying to you is, though it had impact, it had minor impact. This is true of some of history's most important figures. This is true of most great teachers. What is true? Their legacy depends on the integrity of their students. Most figures in history, important figures, most important people in, in our history, their legacy was preserved by their students. Without their students preserving their writing, preserving their work, we would not have their work today. And so this these compilers of William Shakespeare made him still relevant today. Every great idea required great students to transmit it. The holy law had its Moses. The praise of Israel had its sweet psalmist David. The grace of God had its Paul. Heaven had its John. Democracy had its Jefferson. Emancipation had its Lincoln. Most importantly, Jesus Christ, God manifest in flesh, had his four evangelists, his four disciples, his four apostles who transmit the gospel for us today. Jesus left no writings of his own. Instead, his life teachings and legacy were safeguarded to or by his apostles. John the Apostle tells us that Jesus chose these disciples specifically. These eyewitnesses became the guarantors of the truth of the gospel. Listen to me. When we read their accounts of Jesus, we are reading the accounts he himself authorized. Everything that the disciples wrote in the Gospels, Jesus authorized it. And so today, we're able to still have this wonderful message that has been preserved. These words of the Master, the Messiah, the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. We have these words because his disciples that he chose preserved those words for us. The Jesus they offered us, talking about the apostles, the Jesus they offered us perpetually is a Jesus built in their image. We are always in danger of having a built your own Jesus approach to faith. The Jesus that the apostles passed on to us is the Jesus we're supposed to still hold on to. We can't allow our world, we can't allow our, our, our anybody else or our own thoughts to get a hold of us and to change the image of the true and living God, who he is, what he did. We can't allow anything to interfere with what the apostles passed on to us today. The same God, the same Lord, the man Christ Jesus that the apostles walked with and were eyewitnesses. 
tolerate a knockoff Shakespeare tolerating a knockoff Jesus. We're trying to create a different Jesus than the true and living Jesus Christ. We need to make sure we're not falling for some knockoff Jesus because we want him to be who we want him to be. We need to make sure that we are standing, oh God, and, 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 and holding on to the Jesus, oh, that the apostles gave us and not the Jesus we think we want. Amen. Why would anyone want a Jesus that our own impoverished imaginations conjure when the apostles, Jesus, is there for the taking. Mm. Help us, Lord. Come on. Help us, Lord. Amen. There is no other Jesus we could ever get to know. Listen to this. There is no other Jesus we can ever get to know than the one of which the apostles wrote. Think about this. We want Jesus to be all that we think we should want him to be. But we would have never known any other Jesus except for the Jesus of who we know today because he made himself knowable to us. He made himself knowable. He is God Almighty that we could not know. And what did he do? He manifested himself into man. He manifested himself and became one of us so we can know him other way. We would never know who he is. I know there are people out there that saying God is so vast and so big that you can't really know him. I'm here to tell you God is so vast and so big that you couldn't really know him. But what he decided to do so you can know him is become like you and me. He walked this earth in flesh and say, look at me. He wept. He he prayed. He loved. He felt rejection. He was just like us. So we can know him. For those who think you can't know Jesus, we got to tell them, oh no, baby, I know who Jesus is because he made himself knowable and I know him today. Somebody clap their hands and say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for revealing yourself so we can know you. I know we're challenged today. I know there's all kinds of things going on in our world, but I know a man. His name is Jesus. I know a man who's almighty God, and the winds may blow, and diseases may come, and turmoil may come, and situation may come, but I know a man. His name is Jesus, the almighty God who has all power. And I know him. Hallelujah. 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 Glory be to God. Through the apostles' witnesses, we come to know him. Jesus chose these apostles. He gave them the keys. We know full well that there is more to Jesus than what the apostles were able to tell us. One apostle even confesses much. He said, there are also many other things which Jesus did, the which, if there should be written every one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that should be written. So Jesus 
reveals enough of who he is so we can come to know him. He wanted us to know him. What they were compelled by the Holy Spirit to tell of Jesus is exactly what we need to know to receive eternal life. Amen. Somebody say eternal life. eternal life. Let me tell you something. We can get worried about all of what's going on right now, but the plan hasn't changed. The Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. It is God's will that none should perish and that all should be saved. It's still about a relationship with Christ so we can have eternal life. That's what it's about. We can't worry about the temporary situations. We have to worry about eternal life in Christ. Amen. Come on. Only this Jesus, the Jesus of the apostles, has the words to eternal life. Every word they gave us is necessary. Every single word. The great apostle Paul wrote to the Romans, For whatsoever things were written aforetime, were written for our learning, that we through patience and comforts, uh, uh, and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. That's Romans 15 verse 4. All the efforts put forth to preserve the word of God was needful because it provides hope. Hear me tonight, somebody. The word of God is needful because it provides hope. I don't care what you're up against right now. I don't care how impossible things may seem right now. If you will get into the Word of God, if you will search it out, if you will begin to study it, if you will begin to eat it and digest it and obey it, you will have hope. You will have hope. There is hope in the Word of God. Somebody say amen. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. We need hope in this life. Mm. Come on. If we don't have hope in this life, we're in trouble. That's it. Our own weaknesses and liability to error and to sin and the ills of human society makes us a candidate that have to have hope. Right. We must have hope. In this life, we must have hope. Amen. And the Word of God is our hope. That's it. Hope is awakened and fostered by the Scriptures. By their express declaration of divine mercy and explicit promises of help and guidance and blessing. You find these things in the Word of God. And these things are hope for us. Mercy gives us hope. Promises gives us hope. The word of God being a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path gives us guidance and gives us hope. Amen. Psalms 107 verse 19. Psalms 107 verse 19. The word of God says, I love these portions of scriptures. The word of God says, Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble. My God. Then they cried 
unto the Lord in their trouble. Is there anybody in trouble today? Is there anybody that feel like, man, I, I'm in trouble? Is there anybody? I believe everybody in our world today can raise their hand and say, man, I'm in trouble. Because even when I stay six feet apart from someone, there is no guarantee that I will not contract the virus. Nothing can guarantee any of us that we won't contract the virus. So I'm saying that I am in trouble, Lord. You need to say, I am in trouble, Lord. We all need to say, we are in trouble, Lord. And I know the God that I serve, that when we are in trouble, if we will cry out to him, I've never seen God forsake anyone that is in trouble and say, God, will you help me? I'm in trouble. I've never seen where someone cry out to God sincerely to say, Lord, I'm in trouble, and he ignored them. I'm telling you, if we as the church, the people of the living God, will say, God, we're in trouble. Even some of us don't understand the kind of trouble we're in, because if we die without you, if we die in our sin, what great trouble we will be in. So right now, Lord, we call on your name to say we are in trouble. Our world is in trouble. We cry out to you, Lord, if you don't rescue us, if you don't deliver us, if you don't heal us, we cannot make it. We're in trouble, Lord. We're in trouble. And so they said, they cry out. The word of God says that they cried out because they were in trouble. And guess what the scriptures say after that? And he saveth them out of their distress. When you cry unto the Lord, he will save you from your troubles. When you cry unto the Lord, our hope is in Jesus Christ. Our only hope. He is the only one that can save us. But we must cry out. We can't just say it mind. Oh God, you know what's wrong. You know what needs to be done. Oh no, we can't treat it that way. We gotta say, God, we're in trouble. Will you help us? You see, faith will cause you to open up your mouth and to express yourself in confidence, in boldness. Faith caused you to not worry about what people may think, but just open your mouth and cry unto God and say, Lord, we are in trouble. Amen, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, God, help us. We are in trouble, Almighty God. We are in trouble, Almighty God. Oh, God, will you be merciful? Will you forgive us, Almighty God? Because, Lord, we may not have understood the kind of trouble we were in three weeks ago, a month ago, a year ago. We did not understand the kind of trouble we're in. Oh, God, but now we understand that we're in big trouble and we need you and we can't make it without you. Oh, Lord, we are crying out to you because we're in trouble. Will you save us? You did it before and I know you'll do it again. You did it before and you will do it again. Oh Lord, we cry out to you. Oh hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. 
Oh, blessed be your name. Blessed be your name, Lord. Blessed be your name. We're in trouble, oh God. We're in trouble, Lord God. We're in trouble, Almighty God. Lord, I may not understand everything that's going on, but what I will say is, it is your will that all be saved and that none will perish. And Lord, there are many people that's being taken out by this disease. And Lord, we don't want them to die in their sins. We don't want them to leave this life in their sins. And so God, I ask you tonight, will you be merciful and not let them die in their sins? But will you hold your hand towards us and command diseases and command ailments and sickness to depart from us? Yes. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Oh my God. I know, Lord Jesus, you desire for us to be saved. I know you desire for us to spend eternity with you. I know you desire for us to be like you. I know you desire fellowship with us. And so, God, I ask in the name of Jesus Christ tonight, Lord God, I ask, Lord Jesus, that you will do. Verse 20 says, he sent his word 
Listen to this. He sent his word and healed them. God sent his word and healed them. Oh God, he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from destruction. Will somebody hear me tonight if we will cry out to the Lord, understanding that we're in trouble and God will save us out of our distress and God will send his word to heal us and deliver us from destruction. But we got to look to the Lord and sincerely and honestly say God we realize we're in trouble we realize we cannot be saved without you I thank you for all the physicians and the healthcare workers they're doing their best but God we still need you we need you more than anything else we need you to get involved to intercede and to touch mankind that we can be healed by the thousands by the hundreds of thousands. I pray and ask, Lord God, that you will move in a special way. Come on, have your way, Jesus. Oh, glory, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Our hope is in God's word. And as I wind down and get ready to close, I want you to know that word hope is so powerful. That word hope is a word that means to anticipate with pleasure. Amen. When you say you have hope, you have this anticipation of pleasure. In this Amen. case, in all our cases, we have this anticipation of what God will do. That is so wonderful. And so our hope, our hope means we have this anticipation of what God will do. And what God will do will bring us pleasure. Somebody hear me tonight. If you will take pleasure in the things of God, then you will get to experience that hope, that hope that is in Christ Jesus, because it is that hope that causes us to anticipate with pleasure. The hope causes us to have concrete expectation. Concrete expectation. We're not worried. We have hope And we know that we're not wishing. It's different to wish for something. But when we say we hope, our hope is concrete expectation. It is confidence. Oh, let's take it a step further. It is our confidence in Jesus Christ. It is confidence that Jesus Christ is the author and source of our hope. We're not hoping for somebody to do something. We're not hoping for man to do something. But our hope is in the Lord who has proven his ways time after time. Our hope is in Jesus. Yes. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. The scriptures serve to give believers endurance, steadfastness Amen. in the face of adversary or adversities and encouragement so that we might have Hope, as Christians, learn from the past. We are supposed to learn from the past. What is written in the Old Testament and the New, we are motivated to endure and be comforted in the present, looking ahead in hope and confident surety to our future. Our hope is in Christ. They are Hope, God's word is our hope and it is a gift 
to us. A gift that he used his apostles and prophets to write and preserve over all these years. Shakespeare compilers was able to compile his writing and we have them today. And as I said, I thank God for the beautiful English language that Shakespeare shared with this world. But it had very little impact when we're talking about eternal life. When we're talking about a relationship with Christ. When we're talking about knowing our purpose and walking by faith. It has little impact. But the word of God, that God chose his disciples to, 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 to jot down and to preserve over the years. Today, it is our Amen. God's word provide hope in the glory of God. That is of the glory which shall be revealed hereafter. The mighty development of the world unseen. And this hope comes to us. It strengthens us and keep us going in this world, especially in times of affliction. We always have hope in God. We're always confident in our hope in the Lord. And when times like these come, we're not wrecked. We're not shipwrecked. We're, we're not, we're, we're, we're not distressed because we know that God has come through for us over and over, time and time again. And so now it won't be any different. It's time for the church to rise up because God is counting on us. God is depending on us to take our rightful place and let our light shine. God is counting on us to take our rightful place and be the salt of the earth. God is counting on us. I said it Sunday and I'll say it again. The purpose of God is all Always accompanied with the power of God. And when we walk in his purpose for our life, his power will always show up. And so we can trust him that if he sends us, we can go and know we're going to be alright. It's time for the church to rise up and let the world see who we are. Let the world see what the people of God are like. Oh God, you stirred us up in this hour to be who you call us to be. And I pray that none of us will back down in this hour, but that all of us will be bold, that we will be bold enough to go and do the will of God. Oh God, we thank you for your word. Your word is hope to us. And today we hold fast and we hold on to the word of God. Though they say me, yet will I trust him. Your word says you will never leave us nor forsake us. But long you will be with us until the end of the world. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Oh, Jesus, your word is our hope. And tonight we stand. On your word. Amen. My God. My God. It is what we have. For in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. 
We don't have to hear physically walking with us. We don't have to hear physically just holding our hands. But God, when we hold fast to your word, when we apply your word and we obey your word, we know we are with you. We know you are with us. And we know your will will be done because your word is synonymous. Your word is no separate from you are. Oh God, we thank you for your word. Let us stand to our feet for a second here as we get ready to close out our Bible study tonight. I know this was supposed to be a nice Bible study, me sitting in my office and just going through scriptures and pouring over it and studying it, but I just feel pressed in my spirit. I feel charged in my spirit that this is our hour and this is our time, and I hope that we have enough word in us that we're able to have hope in us, and oh man, Maybe next week we'll we'll pour over the scripture and take our time and go through it strategically. But tonight I just felt like we need to just grab a hold of faith. We just need to let the word of God be our hope. And so I want you to hold on to everything you've heard here tonight. God wants you to know, look to him. Hold on. Obey his word. It is our hope. We can't let go of the word of God. We can't let go of the word of God. The word of God is life. The Bible says the word is life. And so we must realize that we need this word. It is life to us. Just like God breathed into man and man became a living soul. God breathed and his word became into existence. And so it is the breath of God that created man. And likewise, it is the breath of God that created his word. And so we know how precious his word is. We need to hold fast and obey the word of God for it's the word that will carry us through the days where they're just so hard and challenging the days where the enemy try to bring faith, fear to come and take you over just remember the Bible says God is love God is love and when fear comes your way you have to understand that fear is not of God and so we know God is love and perfect love cast out all fear And so when we trust God and love God, fear has no reign over us. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus. Oh God, I thank you for this wonderful church. This wonderful church you've established and all of us that have come together tonight to worship you. Oh God, to receive your word, to honor you, Lord God, to be strengthened and to come together in fellowship. Oh my God, I pray for strength. Oh God, that you will go out, move among us, Lord God, that each and every one of us will be strengthened and that, Lord God, there will be a holy boldness that will come upon each and every one of us and that you will teach us the ways to go, and that, Lord God, you'll equip us with your word to speak. Jesus, will you strengthen this church family and all the church families? Oh, oh God, I pray that you will do a work in us. Lord, we look forward to the day when we can come back together in one place, in one accord. Lord, we're asking that you let it be so. But, Lord, as long as you, oh God, continue to allow us to fellowship and worship and to teach in this matter, we will hold fast and we will obey
obey and do your will. Bless our homes and families. Continue to keep your protection upon us, Lord God. For we go not in our own name, but we go in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray that your strength will be upon us and that your love will be shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost. I thank you for the privilege to serve. I thank you, Lord God, for all that you are doing and all that you've done. Father, have your way. Continue, Lord, to keep on our heart the things that are important. That we will pray. That we will seek your face. That we will love you. That we will love our neighbor as we love ourselves. As we read tonight, Lord God, that we will prefer Oh God, others uh, more than we prefer ourselves. Uh, that God, we will show the love of God in this end time. Uh, that Lord Jesus, we will let people see uh, what the world needs to know. Uh, and the world needs to know uh, who Jesus is is. And so, Lord, we want to walk, oh God, with the embodiment of Christ that people will say, who are you? Who are these people that seem to have peace in such a challenging time? Who are these people that seems to love in such a hard time? Who are these people that are selfless in such a challenging time? Lord, we are your people who are called by your name. Oh God, use us as you will that your light will shine brightly in this earth. Bless and keep us. Let your face shine upon us and be gracious unto us. For we will always give you the praise, the glory, and the honor in the, the wonderful and precious and mighty name of Jesus we pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you for joining us. And I pray that you shared the links tonight and we'll continue to share the links and join us Saturday we're going to have our prayer meeting Saturday at 6.30 we'll tune in, it will be kind of just us praying uh, nothing different uh, we'll just pray um, join us 6.30 on Saturday and then come back Sunday morning 10.30 we're going to have a great time in the Lord I believe God is going to help us to just enjoy the way things are right now. There's always some positive things, even when there are negative things. The Bible says, where grace abound, where sin abound, grace abound that much more. So when things are challenging and things are hard, there's always some good things. And so let's find out what the good things are that God is going to do as we work our way through these trying times. God bless you, church. I love you. And I look forward to being with you again Saturday at 6.30. God bless you and good night. Hallelujah.